847 is 366 and 7. Hello and welcome to A Score to Settle, a podcast about movie and TV music. I'm your host, Brian McVicker. Each episode, I focus on music composed for film and television, whether through analyzing a specific score, taking a deep dive into a particular composer's work, or by way of interviews with guests, both those in the industry and also fellow fans. With this episode, I'm returning to the now-playing sub-series of the show uh, in an effort to wrap up 2022. Now, this is following up on the previous installment in which I covered mainly the first half of the year. Actually, in that episode, I featured samples from a variety of late 2021 into early to mid-2022 scores. Uh, Examples of these would be Army of Thieves by Hans Zimmer and Steve Mazzaro, Death on the Nile, composed by Patrick Doyle, The Batman by Michael Giacchino, and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness from Danny Elfman. I appreciated all the positive feedback that I received afterwards as it seemed like it brought to light some scores that were possibly overlooked or neglected. And maybe some listeners were just pleased that I was showcasing more current titles. Last time, I closed out with the anthemic nostalgia heard in Top Gun Maverick, credited to Harold Faltermeyer, Lady Gaga, Hans Zimmer, and Lorne Balfe, as well as tracks from Michael G. Kino's rollicking Jurassic World Dominion score. To continue following composer Giacchino, there were two more big summer releases featuring his music, Pixar's Lightyear and Thor Love and Thunder, the fourth solo outing for the Marvel superhero. Now, I found the latter uh, to be the most engaging of the two, although Lightyear, uh, which is somewhat tied to the Toy Story uh, franchise, is still a very entertaining score in its own right. Thor Love and Thunder is obviously the next link in the chain of features in the long-running MCU franchise, or Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, starring Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman, and was directed and co-written by Taika Waititi. Uh, Waititi is returning to the series following the immensely popular entry Thor Ragnarok from 2017. That film's humor, irreverence, and bright colors reimagined what a Thor movie could be and offered composer Mark Mothersbaugh the canvas to musically color with a 1970s progressive rock-adjacent score. Watiti switched up here and hired Michael Giacchino, his collaborator, from 2019's Jojo Rabbit, and in turn, Giacchino is joined by newcomer Nami Melamad. Melamad has assisted Giacchino on previous projects, including scoring the Paramount Plus TV series Star Trek Prodigy, incorporating the Giacchino main theme into the episode scores. In addition, Melamod also scores Strange New Worlds, another new Star Trek series in the current slate streaming on Paramount Plus. Giacchino and Melamod fuse uh, orchestra and choral elements with a searing 1980s arena rock-inspired sound. 
Meanwhile, Nami Melamad contributes very ceremonial brass fanfares to accompany the arrival of Zeus, pieces that are intended to evoke the sound of classic Hollywood composer Miklos Rocha and what he brought to uh, old-school epics such as Ben-Hur and El Cid. Moments of such bombast are balanced against those of reflection and melancholy, often vocalized by solo cello work, uh, such as uh, heard in the track Mama's Got a Brand New Hammer. Thus far in this episode of the Now Playing series, we've been listening to music composed by Michael G. Kino and Nami Melomad for Thor Love and Thunder from 2022. Many fans still bemoan the lack of recurring themes in the MCU movieverse, something that sonically identifies each character across multiple films. One contrasting perspective to consider on this topic is that each new theme represents a new facet of the character being showcased. Whether it's their heritage, or a new theme for their current adventure, or a more personal theme. This approach of multiple themes could also be compared to all the different interpretations of each character within the comic books themselves, due to the variety of artists working on the book across decades. 
With Michael Giacchino's contribution to Thor Love and Thunder, we really feel and hear the extroverted nature of Thor balanced against his feelings of uncertainty as to what his next life choices should be. Released later in July of this year was the highly anticipated yet unknown and mysterious picture, Nope, from writer-director Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele has long been an actor and comedian on stage, TV, and movies, but his work as a director in cinema in recent years have been both powerful and revelatory, as seen in Get Out and Us. Nope straddles the genres of horror and science fiction, with some old-school Hollywood movie history sprinkled in, and features a challenging, prickly score by Michael Abels, Peele's most frequent musical collaborator. Abels has noted in interviews that with Nope, he was attempting to evoke both awe and terror, while also, rightly, leaving room for silence, for stillness within the film. This approach can be heard in many of the cues uh, during the early to mid sections of the movie. Uh, for example, there is this cue called Blood Rain. So again, this is music composed by Michael Abels for the 2022 theatrical feature, Nope. That was a cue called Blood Rain from Michael Abel's score for Nope from 2022, an example of some of the more challenging dissonant sounds that he brought to the early and mid-sections of the film, while in the latter section of the film, there are a number of standout cues heard during an exciting chase sequence, and in fact, one of those cues is not actually endemic to this movie. The cue titled The Run on the album was part of a 2021 concert commission composed by Abels by the, uh, for the annual Sphinx competition. The entire piece incorporates jazz and hip-hop elements, and it's actually what brought him to the attention of Jordan Peele prior to Abels' scoring of Get Out. 
So this is the cue titled The Run from Michael Abel's score for Nope. In addition to the dissonant modernist orchestral writing and the pulse-pounding action cues, Abel's also had the opportunity to tip his 10-gallon hat to the classic sounds of the Western film genre, evoking both Elmer Bernstein and Jerome Moross, with pastiche themes meant to play as diegetic background music inside a theme park setting. For example, there is this piece here called Jupiter's Claim. That was music composed by Michael Abels for the 2022 thriller Nope, a very compelling film 
that is both suspenseful and surprisingly affecting. Thankfully, it didn't give me nightmares as Us did previously. The next notable title from this year is one that I spotlighted in my episode examining music for the Predator movie franchise, that being the movie Prey, released in August on the Hulu streaming service, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, with a score composed by newcomer Sarah Schachner. Feel free to jump back to episode 48 if you would like to hear more specifics on that title, but for the purposes of time, I'm skipping ahead to another title uh, from the same month, which had a surprisingly memorable score. The last time the cinematic world caught up with George Miller was in 2015, when his long gestating sequel Mad Max Fury Road was unleashed and garnered immense critical and commercial kudos, including several Academy Awards. His follow-up project wound up as a much quieter release this year, entitled 3,000 Years of Longing, with a screenplay by Miller and Augusta Gore. The movie is an adaptation of a short story called The Djinn in the Nightingale's Eye by A.S. Byatt, and stars Idris Elba as the djinn, and Tilda Swinton as a scholar who frees him. The music is composed by Tom Holkenberg, aka Junkie XL, who uh, also worked with George Miller on Fury Road, um, producing a score for that film that had quite the crossover appeal. For 3,000 Years of Longing, Holkenberg anchors the score with a really rapturous and lovely main theme, presented in several variations. The composer has been quoted as saying the goal with this score was to, quote, compose something that sounds like it has always been here and always will be, unquote. In the cue raucous skies and song of transference, this main love theme emerges from an extended solo uh, for what sounds like a Middle Eastern fiddle instrument called a rababa. It is an instrument apparently used to accompany poetry, uh, I learned recently. Here is this cue called Raucous Skies and Song of Transference composed by Tom Holkenberg for the 2022 movie 3,000 Years of Longing.
That was music by Tom Hulkenberg for 3,000 Years of Longing, the very melodic main theme which reoccurs throughout the score. This melody is also transferred over into a vocal rendition and titled Cautionary Tale, with lyrics by the screenwriters Miller and Gore and performed by Italian tenor Matteo Bocelli. The, uh, the vocal version is really quite beguiling in its own right. In addition to these beautiful moments, there are extended, more abstract sequences based around percussion, as well as very light, dreamy atmospheric pieces, such as in the track called Ceaseless Game of Power. That was more music from the 2022 release 3,000 Years of Longing, a film directed by George Miller, with music composed by Tom Holkenberg. The track was Ceaseless Game of Power. It's a score that's a really lovely surprise from this year. Next up on my list of 2022 scores to spotlight is from an historical epic based on true tales about an all-female set of warriors called the Agoji who serve the West African Kingdom of Dahomey. Released in September of this year, the film The Woman King is a representation of these fierce women warriors, directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood and written by Dana Stevens and Maria Bello. This is another of many recent cinematic projects uh, which experienced major delays due to the COVID pandemic. 
production had begun on The Woman King a year ago was then halted and resumed again this year. For the music, director Prince Bythewood hired Terrence Blanchard, a mainstay in Spike Lee's productions, and recently on a hot streak with Oscar nominations for both Black Klansmen and To Five Bloods. For The Woman King, Blanchard has stated that his aim musically included an integration of large orchestra with West African instrumentation and voices. And this was done in order to bring, he said, quote, to bring the feel of the ancestors, unquote. In addition to the Royal Scottish National Orchestra, the music features the Vox Noir Ensemble, the Gahanian-American mezzo-soprano singer Tessia Quartang, and Grammy Award-winning jazz singer Diane Reeves. The feel of this score overall is akin to that of Ludwig Göransson's Black Panther score, Hans Zimmer's The Lion King, and even a bit of Jerry Goldsmith's The Ghost in the Darkness. Here is music from Terrence Blanchard's score for The Woman King. Uh, This cue is featuring his primary, very inspirational theme for the movie.
That was music composed by Terrence Blanchard for The Woman King, specifically his main theme for the movie. There are also numerous cues built around layered percussion patterns. Sometimes these take center stage, other times they are combined with the full orchestra. For example, in the latter half of the cue, Oyo Battle, you can hear this fusion between those two elements occur. That was a portion of the cue called Oyo Battle from the 2022 movie The Woman King, music composed by Terrence Blanchard. This is another strong entry from his recent slate of very high-profile projects. French composer Alexandre Desplat has cultivated a burgeoning career in U.S. cinema since the early 2000s, often contributing scores to three or four films each year on average ever since 2005. There is a surprising amount of variety in Desplat's projects, although typically he can be found composing for dramas and independent fare. Mixed in with these scores of uh, grace and subtlety, you can also find two Harry Potter films, 2014's Godzilla, several Wes Anderson creations, and the Oscar-winning The Shape of Water from 2018, all of which exhibit the same wonderful qualities of grace and subtlety. In 2022, Desplat scored three pictures, one of which I will spotlight here. This will be the British comedy The Lost King, 
directed by the critical favorite Stephen Frears, and written by Steve Coogan and Jeff Pope. This is the sixth occasion when Desplat and Frears have collaborated, and in The Lost King, the music runs uh, the course from dramatic, sumptuous, and even fairly jaunty. The film's story involves an archaeological search for the remains of King Richard III, which happens to be under a car park, no less. Desplat's contemplative and reverent theme essaying King Richard III is heard often, such as in this cue, titled Farewell Richard. That was the cue called Farewell Richard from the 2022 comedy The Lost King, composed by Alexander Desplat. In addition to these reverent statements of Desplat's theme for King Richard III, there are moments of hustle and bustle, uh, often driven by pipe organ and percussion, as in the titular cue on the Lost King album. So again, this is music composed by Alexander Desplat for the 2022 film The Lost King. (laughs) ¶¶ 
That was music composed by Alexander Desplat for the 2022 British comedy The Lost King. I'm not sure yet if this movie has had a US theatrical release, uh, but the album is at least available for fans. I, I mentioned that this was one of three projects he scored this year, the other two being The Outfit, uh, which is a very slinky, jazzy score, uh, which I really enjoyed, and Guillermo del Toro's adaptation of the Pinocchio fable. I would like to pause here and offer thanks to John Broxton's soundtrack review site, moviemusicuk.us. Thanks to Broxton's frequent and varied reviews, I discovered both this score for The Lost King and The Outfit earlier this year, so thanks again to John. As the temperatures chill and the season shifts to fall and the upcoming holidays, we will of course see more big-ticket titles on the big screen, such as Superhero Fair intended for the widest audiences. In October, Warner Brothers launched the next entry in their response to the MCU slate of pictures, this being Black Adam, based on the DC Comics character and starring Dwayne Johnson as the title anti-hero, and also former 007 Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. The music is provided by Scottish composer Lorne Balf, who has increasingly been attached to more high-profile films during the last six to seven years. From 2015 on, Balf has also scored uh, Terminator Genesis, the Lego Batman movie, Mission Impossible Fallout, Black Widow, and was co-composer on this year's monster hit, Top Gun Maverick. For Black Adam, Balf provides a muscular, propulsive score in the vein of many current blockbusters that is heavy on the mast, brass, strings, electronics, and grooves. It's in line with his work on The Tomorrow War and the aforementioned Mission Impossible Fallout and Black Widow, which should appeal to his fans, uh, but perhaps not everyone out there. Thematically, the score is anchored by two strong, hummable melodies and a recurring thumping backbeat. I'll introduce you first to his Black Adam theme, which is kind of darkly heroic in its use of blasting horns, Latin chanting choir, and a head-bopping beat. I think we might hear it in many sports arenas and programming very soon. Anyway, here is Lauren Balfe's Black Adam theme from the film of the same title.
That was the heroically anti-heroic theme for Black Adam, as composed by Lorne Balfe. This film project of Black Adam has been a personal passion of actor Dwayne Johnson, beginning with development around eight years ago. Production ramped up uh, around 2019, but as expected, the curveball known as COVID delayed everything several more years. The story of this adaption presents the character of Black Adam as given his superpowers by Shazam long ago, and then in the present day, Adam is brought into conflict with the Justice Society of America, which the JSA is kind of a precursor to the Justice League. Lorne Balfe's second major theme for the movie represents the Justice Society of America and has more of a straightforward, optimistic tone, carried more on high-range strings against the bed of horns, uh, but is still with similar instrumentation uh, to the Black Adam theme. So here's Lorne Balfe's second theme for the movie Black Adam. This represents the Justice Society of America. That was the Justice Society theme from Black Adam, representing Lorne Balfe's muscular and energetic score for the superhero action movie from Warner Brothers, DC's Black Adam. I find it interesting to feature music 
from both MCU and DC superhero movies in this episode, as it points to the great contrast between the two concurrent cinematic universes. At Warner Brothers, they promote the philosophy that their filmmakers are allowed more creative freedom and can place more of a personal stamp on their respective movies in the DC Cinematic Universe. Now, this might be the case, but musically, they have somewhat remained more single-minded in style and approach, preferring to either hire outright Hans Zimmer each time to score multiple entries, or having composers such as Junkie XL or Lorne Balfe hew closely to this same sound. Meanwhile, the MCU installments have been accused of sharing too many attributes uh, similarly across the board, and yet you will find more musical variety throughout. For example, Alan Silvestri's old-fashioned Captain America score sounds nothing like Christoph Beck's hyperactive Ant-Man scores, which in turn sound nothing like Brian Tyler's Iron Man 3, nor Ludwig Göransson's Black Panther scores. I'm certainly not here to bury the scores for the DCU movies. I've enjoyed many of them, but I wanted to just simply add some editorial comments uh, in this overall comparison, seeing as how I'm featuring scores from both of these prominent franchises. And this is an appropriate uh, as any segue as possible to the next 2022 score that I'd like to mention, which is Ludwig Göransson's work for the Black Panther sequel, Wakanda Forever. The original Black Panther from 2018 excelled beyond its mere role in the overarching multi-year narrative of MCU movies, becoming a cultural touchstone and eventual Oscar winner. Newcomer to the film music industry, Ludwig Göransson himself was nominated and won an Academy Award for his score, which blended a sonorous large orchestra with unique and specific African instrumentation, percussion, and vocals. He really had his work cut out for him on this sequel, especially as its production was overshadowed by the unexpected loss of its lead actor, Chadwick Boseman. For Wakanda Forever, Gornson not only revisits the African soundscape of the original score, including both vocalist Baba Mal, percussionist Masambe Diop, and the talking drum again, but embellishing this with his inventions for music representing ancient Mayan culture. And also incorporating aspects of the Baker's Dozen of pop songs he produced for this movie. For an example of the latter attribute, the songs Gorenson produced, which are referenced in the score proper, there is this film version of the song They Want It But No, featuring rapper Toby Nowigwe. 
In addition to that score-specific version of the song They Want It But No, other Gorenson-produced songs referenced within the score include Lift Me Up, Arboles Bajo El Mar, and Con La Brisa, the latter performed by Mexican vocalist Paula Maldonado. That was an example of music composed and produced by Ludwig Göransson for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the 2022 sequel, and a project which sees Göransson assuming an even larger role in the music than previously. Finding a way to sonically represent the new antagonist of Prince Namor and his undersea kingdom with their roots to ancient Mayan civilization came as a bit of a challenge to Göransson since we no longer have any examples of actual Mayan music. Thus, he turned towards traditional Mexican percussion and flute elements, plus seashells and turtle shells, to provide a feeling of that long-lost culture uh, heard here in this cue called Yucatan. (laughs) 
That was the cue Yucatan from Goranson Score for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, which is meant to evoke the character of Prince Namor and his Mayan lineage. With the absence of the character of T'Challa, there's a surprising lack of references to the main themes, anthems, and motifs from the first score. These are mostly heard briefly late in the movie, as instead the sequel score's elaborate and detailed soundscape is driven more by the new textures and the pop song material. The cue called Wakanda Forever on the score album does present a strong statement of the main Black Panther theme, but it's voiced by these reverberating electronica tones. Ludwig Göransson's score for Black Panther Wakanda Forever expands its sonic world in unpredictable directions, while still carrying with it some of its past. And with his role as both song producer and score composer, there is a level of organic musical integration here that's usually only found in movie musicals. The final score from this year that I'm highlighting is the latest from the world's most popular and well-known film composer, the absolute master of his art and craft, and last of his kind, John Williams. And if that alone isn't worth celebrating, it's another in the decades-long, career-spanning, and career-defining collaboration with iconic director Steven Spielberg. This would be The Fablemans, an incredibly genuine, emotional, and intimate portrait of a family evolving through difficult changes. The Fablemans is a notable entry in the Williams-Spielberg collaborations for many reasons, but here are three. To start, it's their first project together in five years, following The Post in 2017. The previous two pictures from Steven Spielberg as director featured music by different composers. Alan Silvestri scored the virtual game adventure of Ready Player One in 2018, while last year's production of the famed musical West Side Story was, of course, built upon the existing score by Leonard Bernstein, adapted by David Newman. Secondly, Williams' work in film overall has lessened uh, over the course of the last 15 years or so, and outside of Spielberg-directed pictures, 
his selection of projects has primarily been centered on Star Wars, with his last non-Star Wars, non-Spielberg film being The Book Thief from 2013. Due to Williams' advancing age and cryptic comments in recent interviews, The Fablemans, their 31st film collaboration, could very well be their final cinematic statement together. Lastly, while the character names are different, The Fablemans is inspired by much of Spielberg's own formative years, exploring its delights and discoveries, its hardships, confusion, and heartbreak. What's fascinating about this story is realizing how much of his personal internal life we can glean from his entire body of work. There has always existed something personal in all of Spielberg's movies, but this is the first time it isn't communicated, couched in a genre such as science fiction, fantasy, or historical epics. As Spielberg himself said in a press piece for the Fablemans, this isn't metaphor, this is memory. And Williams responds with a small-scale score of very quiet reflection, voiced primarily by piano, accompanied by strings, and sometimes a celeste. Anything more extroverted, what some might have expected to hear, would have been out of place. His main Fableman's theme is reflective without being maudlin, almost a gentle waltz. And to me, this theme carries a feeling of recalling very old memories, both joyful and sad, simultaneously.
in the film, the character of the mother, Mitzi, is a gifted classical pianist, which aligns with Spielberg's own mother, and there is a great deal of classical piano pieces utilized throughout to illustrate this. With William's original music being led by the piano, this shared texture organically integrates it with the concert pieces, and in a subtextual sense, it imbues the entire film length with the mother's presence. Even though our POV in the story is the young boy Sam, i.e. Stephen, musically the picture is communicating to us that the mother's spirit is what makes it live. For the final cue in the movie, called The Journey Begins, John Williams ties together both his main Fableman theme and his uh, more gossamer theme for Mitzi, alongside quotes from a Haydn piano sonata to essentially sum up the entire journey that we have taken with this family throughout the movie.
That was music composed by John Williams for 2022's The Fablemans, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner. We at least have one more Williams film score to look forward to, uh, which should surely be a winner, that being the fifth Indiana Jones installment, which is ready for release next year in 2023. I want to thank everyone for listening today to this latest installment of my Now Playing series, and I hope you found it enlightening as I explored highlights from soundtrack album releases for new movies in 2022. I'm glad to have been able to wrap up the year and present these to you, as some were expected to be memorable and others were pleasant surprises. Music heard in this episode was from the following albums. Thor, Love and Thunder composed by Michael Giacchino and Nami Melamad. Nope, composed by Michael Abels. 3,000 Years of Longing by Tom Holkenborg, a.k.a. Junkie XL. The Woman King, composed by Terence Blanchard. The Lost King by Alexandra Desplat. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever by Ludwig Göransson. And finally, The Fablemans, composed by John Williams. If you'd like to send any comments or questions, you can email the show at escortasettlepodcast at gmail.com, find the blog at escortasettle.blogspot.com, or Facebook at facebook.com slash escortasettle, and on Twitter at score2settlepod, that's score the number two, settle pod. While the podcast is available on multiple platforms, if you listen to the show by way of iTunes, feel free to leave a rating and a review. That's very much appreciated. Speaking of which, thanks to listener Yongi for the very nice review posted back in June. Thanks as always to everyone for listening. I hope you each enjoyed some highlights of your own during this year and are anticipating an even brighter 2023.